I'm Rick Santiago. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Indie Audio Labs. And um, I'm going to spend probably about 30 to 40 minutes tops uh, just uh, to kind of go quickly through a segment of our products. Uh, this session that we're in right now is the uh, home cinema session. And we're going to focus on particularly our home cinema solutions. We've been in the home cinema solutions business for a while. Uh, we started out in amplifiers, uh, honestly, and then uh, broke into uh, immersive processing back in 2016 with our flagship Act 4 processor. And uh, you can see on these stacks here, on both stacks, you've got an Act 4 on the top. And uh, that's, that's going to be our, our, our main offering within processing for home cinema. So before we get into that, uh, I'll get into the products in a little bit more detail. But for some of you who may not be familiar with the company, I'd just like to do a quick background on the company just to set, uh, set your uh, information about us. First of all, we're proud to, to be able to say that our products are built and assembled in the U.S. Um, everything is uh, designed here, all the engineering, the circuit boards, mechanical parts, software, um, the graphic interface, you know, the actual product design, all those types of things come right here, uh, come from right here. Uh, we're not putting our name on someone else's product that's built in Korea or China or something like that. So uh, we're pretty excited about that. That gives us some advantages in terms of speed and innovation and things. Um, our, even our metal work is sourced in North America and some of the actual final finishing is done here right in Indianapolis. Our circuit board assemblies, uh, we don't have to uh, import board assemblies and pay tariffs and do all those kind of things that a lot of our competitors have to do. We, we build those here in the U.S. and so they don't, they don't travel uh, overseas to get to our plant here in uh, Indiana. And then final assembly, testing and shipping are all done through Indianapolis. So we're a couple days uh, ground on uh, UPS to, to either coast and uh, the shipping is very reasonable and pretty quick. The, uh, the construction of our products, if you're not familiar with it, is, is pretty simple and elegant. Uh, we use uh, good old fashioned build aluminum front panels uh, with brush finish, black anodize. Uh, we've got a power button structure that's uh, very uh, uh, sort of signature, if you will, for Acuras uh, with this light ring around it that tells you the status of the product. Uh, we've had that for probably about 10 years now. And um, in addition to that, the casework, uh, the thing that you'll notice about it, uh, besides the fact that it's made out of a very thick gauge steel, very rugged, uh, is the fact that it's uh, the rear panels are all white on all our products from Acuras. And the cool part about that is, is when you're in a darkly lit rack environment or an equipment closet, um, no problems in terms of wiring and seeing what you're doing. And so for, for eyes like mine, it makes things a lot easier. So getting into the, uh, the top of that stack, which is the Act 4 processor, let's focus on that first. The Act 4 uh, in the current generation, which is now the second generation for us, is a 20-channel immersive processor. It's got a full color touchscreen. Uh, it's capable of uh, 916 native decoding from Atmos. Um, it's got also, in addition to those uh, uh, 916 channel outputs, it's also got uh, a four-channel matrix. This allows you to have some flexibility 
Uh, I was working with a, a dealer today on a room design uh, that was a 11, uh, four, six, and uh, as I recall. And so we were able to just basically map the outputs on the Act 4 using this matrix and get a great, uh, a great setup for an 1146 cinema. They were using wides, um, and uh, it's going to be a really cool sounding cinema. Uh, Dolby Atmos and DTSX are supported. Uh, 8x2 HDMI with 2.1 ready hardware, uh, which has been shipping now since uh, we've, we've had our 2.1 ready hardware shipping since, I believe, November. It's been a while now, so and it's been out in the field, it's been working great. Uh, the, the thing about uh, this new hardware platform is, you know, when you run with a new set of chips, um, assuming they've been, you know, well vetted, which ours were being vetted for almost a year, um, you know, they're very well compatible with other products, especially the newer products on the market. So that's, that's a real plus for us. Um, Ethernet, RS-232 control, uh, 12 volt trigger and IR, Phono down mix out uh, is a little bit of an unusual feature in a high performance processor um, at, at this tier. Uh, a lot of our competitors at this price range are higher. They skip the phono stages. They skip some of the other audio centric features. Our, our focus uh, with our Act 4 platform uh, has been audio centric. And so the phono is just an example. Another example is the fact that we've got a, uh, an analog bypass mode. And what that does is it allows you to run it as if it were a two-channel uh, preamp. There's no DSP in the signal path. It's going right into uh, a uh, at digitally controlled analog volume and then out the, the outputs. So um, some audio features on the Act 4 that maybe aren't uh, apparent to the eye at first glance, but they are very much appreciated by folks that appreciate uh, you know sort of higher performance audio. Um, the other thing about the Act 4, and then we're going to get a little bit more into this later in the presentation, but this is something that's important in any processor these days. The way things are changing with HDMI and continue to change, and the way things change with uh, DSP in particular, decoding formats, uh, streaming, all these demands that are changing, uh, you really need, if you're going to invest in a, a higher performance system, you need a system that's expandable and upgradable not just in terms of firmware upgrades, but also in terms of legitimate hardware upgrades that are easy to apply, can be done in the field, things like that. And so there's a, a lot to talk about in that. We'll touch on it in this presentation. Uh, certainly reach out to us if you'd like more detailed information about it. Um, Third-party uh, drivers are, are part of the ecosystem. You know, we've been talking about our ecosystems for home cinema and, and ecosystems for media rooms. Um, without those third-party drivers, integration in a, in a system is difficult and clumsy. Um, we've been expanding constantly in terms of our, our coverage. We've got all of the major uh, third-party control system uh, driver manufacturers covered with drivers at this stage, and we're continuing to add enhancements and additional capabilities in those drivers. And then um, finally, you know, you, you get to a point where you may be in between stages where you don't quite have the control system dialed in. That's usually something that gets, you know, tweaked towards the end of the project. Uh, but you've got the, the basic theater in and you want to do some operation testing, calibration, and so forth. 
we have a built-in web setup and control app for that. And what it does is it takes the screen, uh, the simple controls that are on the full color touchscreen and it brings those out to a web app, which means that you don't need any native app download. All you need is a mobile device. It could be an iPhone, it could be an Android phone, could be a tablet PC. Um, dial in the IP address that appears on the screen of the product and you've got the same control on your mobile device. So it's a very simple means of having a convenient control remotely when it's on the network. So to go with that processor, um, we've got our amplifiers and you know one of the one of our flagship amplifiers uh, outside of our Aragon line, which is uh, you know sort of the next step up, uh, is our 2000 series amps. And these have been designed particularly to go with the Act 4 and to go into home cinema applications. These are THX Ultra 2 certified Class AB amplifiers, 200 watts a channel. They're available in two, five, and seven channel configurations. Um, the thermal design on these things, you'll notice that there's heat, sink heat sinks on the outside of the chassis. This basically means that you don't have to leave a bunch of spaces on top or below in the rack for these things to breathe like a lot of other models do. Um, so thermally, these things are designed to be a lot more efficient in terms of cooling and not to chew up excessive rack space. You know, the, the two, five, and seven configurations mean that you can mix and match to get different layout combinations. Um, you can do that math, obviously, and then, and then as your needs change, uh, you can expand as necessary. So um, I mentioned TH, THX Ultra 2 certified. Um, another comment on that might be, uh, you know, sometimes people ask, you know, are these two ohm stable? That's one of the things that Ultra 2 testing ensures is that, you know, stability operating into two ohm loads, um, it, it ensures stability in odd impedance uh, speakers, for example, capacitive loads, inductive loads, things like that. So, um, so you can be assured that these things will drive kind of whatever you throw at them from a theater speaker perspective and, uh, and it won't be a, a reliability concern. You'll just have great sound quality and good punch and, and the kind of performance your customer wants. Uh, control system interface, like I said, uh, Ethernet RS-232, that applies equally to the amps. Um, people are used to seeing that on processors, but it also applies on all our amplifiers along with 12-volt trigger. Uh, particularly if you're slaving this to a pre-pro going with it. And we do also have third-party drivers on these, probably a little bit more limited for uh, these amps because they're often going to be in conjunction with a pre-pro, but we do have a number of the manufacturers covered on these amps. Um, Built-in web setup and control app. Uh, again, same kind of thing. You're, you're setting up the system. You want to do some basic testing, you know, or mute selectively certain channels, check channel status, um, you want to uh, set up, uh, you know, IP address, all this kind of stuff. This can be done through the web setup app using a mobile device. So the, the thing that we introduced recently, and this was really kind of born out of our uh, media room solutions, but it's at a level uh, that it uh, is a great alternate option. Uh, and in fact, in some cases, it becomes the primary option depending on the requirements. Uh, for a cinema solution, and that is the M8 amplifier. So the M8 amplifier is uh, basically, it's a multi-channel amp, it's eight channels in. It's uh, very high efficiency. So this is one of the few high power, non-class AB amps that we manufacture 
Um, and it's based on a design that we've had in our, um, the AMP design that we've had in our stable for about five years now, uh, based on the AMP module that's used in the ARIES uh, integrated AMP, which is, if, as you may or may not be familiar, the ARIES is sort of our uh, reference uh, integrated AMP uh, for you know, critical listening two-channel applications. So that's what's used inside this M8. Um, so again, uh, emphasis on high, high audio performance, low distortion, um, high output power. Um, this thing is uh, 200 watts a channel, and it's got the full control features that you would expect as well. But the thing that is different about the M8 from the 2000 series, couple things. Uh, one of them is uh, with the eight channels, you actually have the option to bridge any of the pairs of channels. So channels one and two, three and four, five and six, or seven and eight can be bridged. So, or, or you can bridge some of them or all of them, however you, however you need based on the install. As an example, uh, let's say you've got a 5.1 system and you want to use a single M8, uh, what you can do with that scenario is you can actually bridge the left, center, and right, and then use, um, say, the remaining two channels for your rear surrounds. So that would be one scenario where you would put additional power up to those critical left, right, and center speakers um, using a single M8. So that's just an example of some of the flexibility you have with this amp. Also, upgradable firmware and hardware. Um, we have a, an app, uh, which we won't cover in this presentation, but it basically is a, a, a tool that we call Accurus Tools, and it allows you to upgrade, uh, update uh, firmware in all of our products, including the M8. Uh, it allows you to do additional monitoring and, and diagnostics, very similar to some of the tools that are used to set up and, and uh, configure control systems. And then finally, this one also has the built-in uh, web setup and control app. And, uh, and so that allows you to do bridging configuration and so forth. And then, of course, the thing that makes this really compelling is the fact that all this is in a two-rack unit compact form factor. So for the amount of power that you've got, you're looking, for example, at this picture, you can see two M8s stacked up. That could power a 16-channel uh, times 200-watt uh, cinema. Uh, in just four rack units, uh, pretty pretty cool. And then just to kind of give one last nod to the Act 4 processor, um, here's, here's the business end of the processor. You can kind of take a look and see the, the details of what are some of the IO connectivity features on this thing. Um, you can see on the top, for example, you can see the 8x2 HDMI. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more in depth about that HDMI here in a couple slides. And um, you can see some of the digital I.O. We provide some charging ports, as you can see on the upper left, 5-volt charging. And this is useful for, uh, let's say you've got an active HDMI cable or you've got um, some sort of uh, streaming device that requires a 5-volt supply. You can actually uh, tap right into there and reduce your wire clutter and have the supply that's built into the processor. Um, trigger outputs, you can trigger up to four different uh, outputs there, uh, plus you've got an external IR in and a trigger in as well. Uh, we've got two DB9s. The, the DB9s, I'll just make a note, uh, the RS-232 is your normal control interface, so that could go to a RS-232 control port. The uh, aux to the right of it um, is actually the uh, 
That is our aux out. So that provides an interface that goes to a special DV9 to XLR cable uh, that I'll tell you about in the next slide. And what that does is that breaks out an additional four channels for that matrix that we referred to. So, so the four channel matrix has four balanced outs that come out of that DV9 and those can be assigned to any of the audio bed channels to do a larger layout. Um, a couple uh, programming features in there in terms of the USB interface to the, to the right of that. And then below that, you see your, your audio IO. You'll note that there's just uh, redundancy and there's combination of balanced and unbalanced outputs. Um, you can use those simultaneously. Some people use these processors with uh, powered speakers or active systems. Um, there's a lot of good active systems out there that we work with. And uh, in some cases, they require a balanced output. Some cases require an unbalanced. Uh, sometimes it's a mix and match scenario. So you can certainly do that with our processor. A lot of, a lot of flexibility given all that I.O. So another part of the solution set uh, is our cable solutions. And these are really, you know, we're not a cable company, but we, we noticed that, um, you know, in the terms of the spacing of our products in the rack and in terms of uh, the sort of the headaches with getting the right length cables or getting them on time for the install or even, um, you know, getting uh, the, uh, the, the proper conversion if you want to go balanced to unbalanced, things like that. Um, it, we decided to just make life easier and provide some cables. These things are made here in Indiana. Um, in fact, we're using American uh, Belden wire uh, for the, the actual cable. So it's a high quality, high performance cable solution. Um, the first set of cables that we came out with uh, in this lineup were the Tetra cables. We call them codename Tetra. Um, that's because they split out into a four output. So in the case of uh, the XLR, which is shown on the left, so it's a DB9, goes to an XLR output. And then on the right, it's a DB9 to an RCA output. So these are available from us and uh, a very, very nice, reliable solution uh, for expanding those additional channels out of either an ACT420 or even a Muse. Um, and then uh, we added to that over the last several months uh, our mono cable line. And this is just a basic interconnect. Uh, again, it's a high quality, but it's designed specifically to go with the typical lengths that you'll encounter in an Acurus install. So we've got lengths available of a half a meter, one meter, two meters, and three meters. And we've got terminations of either XLR male to female or XLR female to uh, RCA. And uh, so those are available now as well. Again, just kind of adding uh, adding some additional, you know, turnkey availability to the whole solution set for our, our products. So let's touch on a few uh, frequently asked questions about our core cinema lineup. So first of all, one question that we get is, you know, people hear stories about upgradability, but is that really true? Um, a lot of people claim it, and it's just a you can upgrade firmware or um, a little bit of hardware. You know, the reality is, is in, uh, as an example, a couple years ago, we were able to update serial number one, uh, Act 4, that was probably shipped, I would say it was probably shipped in May of 2016. And uh, we, up, we were able to upgrade that to the current hardware and, and firmware spec. And so that's, that's the thing that um, is unique about our products. And the other thing 
is if you do a full upgrade to the current spec, let's say you want to upgrade a 16 channel to a 20 channel processor. Uh, the cool thing about that is um, you can do that. We do that at the factory. It's, a, it's an extensive upgrade. Uh, but the beauty of that is you get a reset on your warranty clock. So you get a five year warranty reset. So we've got a very cool warranty program that protects your customer's investment. Uh, be happy to tell you more about that uh, offline. Uh, question about the 2000 series amps. You know, we've got our balanced M8 amps, and then the question is why are your 2000 series amps unbalanced? It's really kind of a holdover from the original uh, Acurus amps uh, that Mondial made and, and then Klipsch made subsequent to that. And, um, and those are actually in the process of, of a changeover. Uh, timing on that is a little bit uh, unclear at the moment, but I would say within the next couple quarters, you're going to see a version of that 2000 series uh, with, uh, with balanced inputs. So can the 2000 series amps be bridged? Um, I think I mentioned this earlier. No, those are unbridged only. Our Class AB designs... To bridge a Class AB, you can certainly do it. Um, the, uh, the trick is, is you've got to make some changes in the power supply in order to accommodate the bridging optimally. You really should be changing some things about some of the uh, high-frequency compensation in the amp circuit itself. And there's, there's a lot of details that um, some sloppier amp designs, they just put a, a switch and kind of ignore some of those other fine points. Uh, we make it fixed uh, to to maximize the performance. Um, if you if you're really thinking about a higher power level than a 200 watt, and that's why you want to do bridging, then I would say take a look at bridging an M8, uh, or even going into our Aragon series to to hit a, a 400 watt power spec on a channel. And then, um, can I mix 2000 series uh, amps and M8? amps. That's a question that we get. And actually that's an application that we support. So uh, we've seen quite a few of these where um, because the fact that we've uh, matched the gains of those two amps, uh, the, the 2000 series and the, the M8 series both have 28.8 dB gains and, um, and that allows them to be uh, mixed and matched um, in terms of uh, applications. So somebody might, for example, put 2000 series on the LCRs and perhaps use the M8s for the remaining uh, surround and, and overhead, things like that. Um, so the, uh, 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 actually there's a question, I'll just take it right now in the chat. Um, are your amps and processors balanced or just balanced inputs being changed to single-ended amp circuits? Um, the, the easiest way to answer that is if you look at the output circuits, um, we have balanced connections coming out of the converters uh, that are going through and they're balanced to the outputs. Uh, if you look at the inputs, I would say it depends uh, because some inputs are by nature single-ended, um, but in terms of analog balanced inputs, those are truly balanced coming in and coming into conversion. So hopefully that answers the question. Um, does the Act 4 require a Tetra cable in order to drive all 20 channels? So the answer is yes. So that's, that's where we get into the uh, notion that the Act 4 rear panel, you've got 16 unbalanced outputs and you've got 16 balanced outputs. 
Uh, going beyond that, use, taking advantage of the four-channel matrix is where that Tetra cable comes in, and you can get that in either a, an XLR or an RCA version. Just a quick uh, uh, overview or uh, a discussion on our, our uh, web interface. In case you haven't seen our front panel, you know, the left side shows a typical processor front panel from us. And you'll see that we use a lot of graphics. We use a lot of the native logos of the technologies that are being decoded and sensed. Um, it just makes it uh, a, a lot easier and richer to understand and comprehend what's going on. Uh, simpler to set up, things like that. Well, those same icons and those same uh, graphics are what we provide on that web interface. So you're not talking about a, a web interface that looks like a Windows 95 thing, but rather it's something that's uh, that's aligned with that front panel. And, you know, the goal is to basically duplicate it as, as close as possible. And that's what we strive to achieve as we as we implement those those web interfaces. So this is a slide, it's more of an educational slide. There's been a lot of buzz uh, at the show and there will continue to be, of course, about HDMI 2.1. Um, there's manufacturers that are announcing 2.1 features, uh, ourselves included in terms of our 2.1 compatible HDMI board hardware. Uh, but the, the thing that's important to note is 2.1 is a standard that takes us not from, you know, not, not to 8K in one step. This is a standard that takes us to a, a number of 8K formats, a number of 4K high frame rate formats. Uh, the bottom line is the demands and the capabilities of, of HDMI 2.1 take us out into the future in at least 12, 18 months from now. So uh, will, will the, the hardware that we're shipping today be compatible with every format on this list? Probably not we will probably need to go through yet another upgrade cycle, which is why, frankly, we're doing development on the next gen already. But the thing that you need to keep in mind, uh, which is on the bottom of this slide, it's the most important point, whether you buy our processor or someone else's, make sure that your client's next processor supports an HDMI upgrade uh, because there is a very good possibility in the next 12 to 18 months if it does not support both firmware and hardware upgradability, uh, it will be obsolete given the way things are moving. So uh, having modular HDMI hardware is just an absolute must these days. Talking specifically about our HDMI hardware, we're in our Gen 3. Um, as I mentioned, Gen 4 is under development already as well. Uh, all eight inputs in this case support HDMI 2.0 and as well as some of the 2.1 features coming up. Uh, we've got two outputs that are simultaneously supporting HDMI 2.0. Our previous Gen 2 board, if you're familiar with it, had a uh, 2.0 output and a 1.4 output. And uh, that was a limitation that uh, it's, I'm happy to say that we're past that. We can now drive multiple 4K displays concurrently. Uh, just to note, these are not two different zones. It's all the same source signal that's coming out, those two outputs. Um, this is a single zone. Uh, video switch in that regard. But um, you can, I'll, I'll note that you can reconfigure any of those uh, first seven inputs to be legacy uh, 1.4 supporting. Every once in a while we run into a customer that's got some legacy device. I've, uh, you know, uh, not necessarily video disc, but some old, uh, I, I just ran into a uh, somebody who couldn't part with their HD DVD player. 
uh, for example. And uh, that was an old uh, 1.4, uh, actually it was a 1.3 device as I recall. So uh, that sometimes comes in handy to disable some of the HDI, HDMI forum uh, metadata. Um, but anyway, so there's a lot of flexibility in terms of configurating, configuring that. Um, the primary outputs on this board support the new 2.1 eARC, ARC, and CEC format updates. And uh, that is going to be enabled soon on a firmware update. Um, the other thing is there's some just some notes on this slide about edit information from the two displays. The bottom line summary is, you know, if you have one display that's a, a fully capable and another display that's uh, very scaled back, uh, that can cause problems in some source material. Uh, we recommend having very comparable displays coming out those two outputs if you're going to use both of those. Another hardware and firmware upgradable component to our processors is the DSP core. So this core in our case is located on a module inside the processor. It's attached with four screws, so there's no wires. It's easy to pop in and pop out in a field upgrade. And that's the way it appears in both the ACT4 and the Muse processor. Um, this processor is, is based on the TI DSP family. It's been a very reliable design and it's going to be uh, going forward for the reason that um, it's qualified for automotive environments. And if you're familiar with automotive uh, design specs, these are extreme temperature and humidity environments, extreme vibration cycling, things like that. So having concerns about you know, processors breaking after a year or two due to thermal cycling, uh, that's something that you're not gonna have to worry about in this case. And um, the hardware architecture that is you know, going behind this DSP, the one that we provide that uh, basically switches between immersive formats and so forth, the beauty of our architecture, uh, which we developed, is the fact that it allows for fast format switching. So for example, if you wanna compare upmixing formats, uh, DTSX versus Atmos for a given you know, source material, uh, we're able to do that in less than two seconds time. Uh, most other competitors have to switch the, the code that's running and then, and then start re-rendering it. Um, we are gonna take advantage of this. This is a little bit of a, a hint into our roadmap. We are gonna be taking advantage of this modular design uh, by offering in the next several months, there's gonna be an upgrade kit um, that's gonna allow us to increase, for example, on the Act 420, we're gonna go from native 16 channels to 20 channels native decoding throughout the product. And uh, that's just gonna be simply a matter of this, this hardware firmware upgrade. Um, the other things that are gonna be offered as part of that are gonna be upgrading from DTSX Pro, uh, upgrading to DTSX Pro, uh, which allows the full uh, channel count decoding on that for native uh, decoding of, of X, as well as um, at IMAX enhanced. That's gonna be something that's gonna be added as well. So last, and I know we're running a little bit tight on time, but let me cover an important topic of the e ecosystem, uh, the aspect system. Um, for uh, since 2016, uh, we've introduced a system that requires an external calibration tool. And a lot of our dealers and installers do use tools such as uh, REW or SMART or EASE or in some cases XTZ. But um, on the other hand, the, the problem is, is that the folks that are equipped to use those tools are in many cases um, folks that have had a lot of experience with acoustics, 
a lot of there's a steep learning curve in just about any third party acoustic tuning tool uh, there is. And so as a result, the, the demands from our customers for the last several years has been, you know, we need an integrated uh, tool that allows us to set up your system and, and calibrate it properly. So we announced that a couple of years ago at CDA, not, not uh, 2019, but 2018, we showed a, a preview of a concept, um, one which frankly uh, is a lot different than what we're launching today. Um, but uh, we, uh, we've been in development on this aspect system now, and I'm, I'm excited to say that we're finally solidly out in beta testing. There's units that are now out in the field, and we've got beta testers that have uh, are not going to be writing about it on forums, frankly. They're going to be uh, doing some testing with us uh, confidentially at first as we work out some of the things like, you know, did we get the networking correct? Did we get the calibration correct? Um, you know, how's the UI performing in different environments, things like that. But um, this beta testing allows us to make sure that when this gets out to the market, it's been thoroughly vetted and it's been vetted by some of the best uh, professionals in the industry. So what is the Aspect Kit? First of all, it's a kit uh, hardware-wise that consists of four microphones, full-size stands. Um, it consists of a carrying case for all these things as well as a box that the microphones plug into and a little dongle that plugs in the back of the processor, in our case, the Act 4, uh, or possibly a Muse processor if you're using one of those. And these things basically are configured uh, and connect as a network uh, pretty much automatically, and that's where the automatic comes in. And what this does ultimately is, of course, it automates the loudspeaker setup for an Acuous processor. Um, we use an on-screen display that guides the process, so it's very simple. It's integrated directly with our product. Uh, we have automatic uh, wireless discovery of all the microphones in the system, so you'll you'll see as you're plugging in microphones, it knows that microphone number one is connected, and it shows you that on the screen, and it even shows you where it's connected relative to the seating in the room. Um, speaker parameters are, of course, what we're calibrating or, or adjusting. And so once you've got a, a loudspeaker layout dialed in based on the physical connections to the processor, the aspect system takes that layout and it decides what test signals to send to what speakers and in what sequence. And so it uses that to set levels per loudspeaker. It checks the polarity. It sets time delays. And then last but not least, of course, it uh, is an EQ tool. And so for EQ, it performs multiple frequency sweeps per loudspeaker. It measures each loudspeaker from multiple microphone locations. Um, as you're setting up the mics, the guidelines on the screen tell you where to put the mics relative to the seating positions. And it uses those, uh, those that area coverage of mics simultaneously in order to get a better measurement that more accurately depicts what it sounds like in the listening area. You know, we're not trying to optimize just for one particular seating position um, and uh, and then you know, if you move away from there, then uh, you're out of luck, so to speak. But rather, we're trying to get a, uh, a rapid uh, measurement that reflects multiple positions. And we're trying to get what's called a better spatial accuracy in our measurements. And that's what we do with the multiple microphones. Um, our algorithm is proprietary. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But the, the idea is that, you know, our goal is to emphasize the, the response curve, particularly at the lower frequencies, 
that have the most impact uh, in terms of room anomalies and also in terms of enjoyment of material in the cinema, the impact of the base and the mid base um, that is created when that's properly aligned uh, is something that we're striving for in particular. One thing that we're not striving for is we're not trying to sort of make every speaker sound like every other speaker. We're not trying to make a, a horn loaded speaker sound like a dome tweeter based speaker, you know, ignoring directivity and all those types of things that, that give them your, their unique sound. Uh, we think that that is something that if you want to tweak, um, we're happy to provide controls. It allows you to do that further if you'd like to. Um, you can also define a predefined room target curve if you decide that there's a, a certain sound that you want to strive for in, in your designs or your theaters. Uh, that's kind of an advanced feature that that's included. But the, the one thing that I, I will mention, though, is that you know, there's, there's a lot of piece parts here, but um, they go together simply and with very simple guidance from an on-screen display. And once those parts are put together, the, the usage of the system, the way we've designed it, the goal is not to have to read a manual or go to training, but to rather, if you've used one of our processors and you've set up one of our processors, you know, you know the steps that are involved and you know the, the, the UI paradigms that we use. And so we wanted to use the same thing in the interface. So for example, here's a, here's a typical view of what you'll see on the screen in the cinema as you're doing the setup. And you can see where the microphones are, are placed in the, in, the, in the guideline there. And that's a, a, a moving diagram, actually. It's really cool to see that. Um, and as you connect microphones, it tells you what's the next one to connect and, and what's connected properly. It warns you if there's a connection issue. But as soon as everything's connected, you move on to the next stage to set up the target curves. And um, it's, it's a very cool system that uh, basically tries to take all of the manual uh, labor and settings out of the equation and let you focus on the things that are the main variables in the cinema and get the job done of doing the calibration. So that's just a little, little preview to what's your appetite for the aspect system. So one question that we keep getting asked, why use Aspect? You know, there's other tools out there and certainly our, our installers have been using other tools up until this point. And I guess the reason for us is, you know, the, the seamless integration. Uh, it's basically something that uh, it saves time, it saves effort, and it integrates seamlessly. It's not like you have to, uh, you know, manually create this interface between a, a third party tool on a laptop and the product. It's something that is just, organic and it's connected automatically. Uh, when will it be available? As I mentioned, I'm excited to say that we are beta testing starting now and we've basically got production orders. We've, we've just got in a, 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 a truckload of uh, microphone stands, uh, for example. Um, so yeah, we are getting those ready and queued up to, to finally start shipping those here in October is, is our estimate following beta. What algorithm is used? Um, Dirac Odyssey, you know, we've had a lot of people ask about that, but the reality is, is by developing our own algorithm, there's a lot of good algorithms out, out here, but by developing our own firmware based on our own algorithms, it just allows us to put the emphasis where we think it should be on, as I said, the low frequency areas, the room anomalies, and to be able to integrate with the things inside our product, like what kind of filters are we using and to optimize our algorithms for the types of filters that we're using. So, 
So uh, using our own algorithm, it's taken us a long time. Um, it's taken us longer than we had hoped, of course. But now that it's available, I think you're going to see that the, the results are simplicity and the integration um, add, add just a lot of benefits to it. And then finally, is it upgradable? Uh, the good news here is that we're using open computing hardware platforms. So these are these are uh, modules like that that dongle that plugs in is something that is made by multiple manufacturers. It's upgradable, and um, it's something that we'll be able to not only support but expand on as uh, as we continue to develop and improve the system going forward. What processors support aspect? Uh, the the aspect system is currently going to be supported by the Act 420 and the Muse. So all of our current processors, um, if uh, somebody has an Act 416, uh, we can do an Act 420 upgrade to that and get, get immediate support from Aspect on that. There may be some support for the Act 416 in the future, uh, but uh, that's going to require some additional hardware updates on the Act 416. So um, right now, the 20 and the Muse, all of our current processors support Aspect. I want to thank everybody again for coming today. Um, we would love to follow up with you about more details uh, and answer any questions you have. Thanks again for attending and, and have a great day, everybody.